0: If I have to wake up tomorrow morning and do this specific thing, and then turn around and do this specific thing every day for the next 10 years, is this something that I really want to keep doing? This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. We help you define the work that is unapologetically you and then go get it. If you feel like you were meant for more and you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott.
1: Getting promoted is usually great news, but what if you were promoted beyond your ideal role? Many people don't ask themselves what they truly want out of their career before they automatically begin climbing the corporate ladder. In fact, that's one of the most common things I've heard over and over again. Even when I was interviewing people who wanted new jobs, they'd say, well, well, I want growth. And usually by growth, they meant promotions. It's not uncommon to work for years to get to the top, only to realize it's not all you wanted it to be. For example, if you're great at sales, you may get promoted to sales manager, but those skill sets are completely different. And sometimes those roles are completely different. So what do you do? If you feel like you've surpassed the role, that would actually fulfill you.
0: You know, I'm, I'm too old for chasing money and, you know, chasing really high paying sales jobs and things like that. And I just finally came to the realization that I don't have to, you know, I can do something that I really want to do, something that I truly enjoy doing.
1: That's Dan Ruley. Dan worked hard to climb all the way up to director of sales for a large corporation, only to realize it wasn't what he wanted. When he was unexpectedly let go after taking time off for a family emergency, he took it as a sign to change the trajectory of his career, even if that meant climbing back down the corporate ladder. So it, it turns out Dan did make a move, but he was able to also move up in pay and get the right type of role for him. Here's Dan discussing what led up to his surprising termination from his last role.
0: I had had to take some time off at the end of the year to take care of some family things. Yes. And when I came back to my previous employer, things were just a little bit off. You know, I mean, the whole time I was gone, they were rooting for me. They're like, take care of your family. Everything's going to be fine. We're here for you. This is the culture that we have, yada, yada, yada. And then when push comes to shove, you're like, you're the director of sales. It was the end of the year and you weren't here. And I'm like, I mean, my family is going to come before my director of sales position because it's my family.
1: Yeah, as it turns Um, out.
0: Yeah. So ultimately, they ended up kind of blindsiding me and saying, we're we're going to part ways. And I was like, wow, that's, that's surprising considering I am literally the face of your sales organization, which it is what it is. Took it with a grain of salt. They kind of gave me that push that I needed to just say, you know what, I need to do what I want to do rather than continuing to do things that pay me well, but don't give me the satisfaction that I want. I'm, I'm too old for chasing money and chasing really high paying sales jobs and things like that. And I just finally came to the realization that I don't have to, I can do something that I really want to do something that I truly enjoy doing. And I don't really have to stress out about, I don't know, (laughs) sticking with a plan that I was, I felt was subpar for myself.
1: Well, and I think what's so interesting about what you said is that may have been potentially could have been a good plan for you many years ago, but what you want has changed, and clearly you have other priorities now as well. Yeah. And the plan <laughs> when that you have kids. yeah, exactly, exactly. Shock and surprise, right? Right. But I I think that that is what happens to so many of us is we keep operating on a plan that may have been good in parts for years ago, yeah, and now is no longer good. So I think that that is really amazing that you recognize that. And came to that conclusion that, hey, like, I've I've worked hard <laughs> over the years, so I, I don't have to do it in the same way.
0: I think one of the problems, one of the pitfalls that people get themselves into is that yeah. they become comfortable and comfort kind of leads to complacency, right? Like, so you, you get stuck in this comfort zone and you're like, you know what? I've been doing this for so long. I'm good at it. I'm comfortable with where I'm at. You know, I make enough money, whatever the case may be. And you don't really think about the bigger picture. Like, what is my life going to be like five years down the road if I'm still doing what I'm doing? If I'm still stressed out every single day because of what I'm doing and because of who I'm working with, et cetera, et cetera. They don't think about the long-term goals. And I think that this, while it was a shock and it was surprising and it was stressful, I think that it allowed me the freedom to realize that. Now, and don't get me wrong, not everybody has that same ability because some people are struggling financially. I was in a good position because my wife makes good money and I didn't have to like really stress out about like, crap, I have to find a new job tomorrow. So I think I was fortunate in that, that I had the space to be able to make the decision that I don't want to go back to doing the same thing. You know, I want to pivot my career in a different direction. I mean, it's a direction that I had been in previously as well, but moving back into this direction was... It was very fulfilling. And I think that my happiness level at this point kind of speaks for itself.
1: (laughs) So here's what I'm curious about then. I know you had just earlier said, Hey, you're glad that this happened Mm -hmm. and glad that it happened in this way. And it forced you to, it sounds like, look forward to the future and say, What do I really want? Yeah. What were some of the parts and pieces that you were then able to identify that? you needed and wanted that had been missing before or the areas that you really wanted to focus your your career and your work
0: in? That's a, a great question. I think one of the biggest things was, is my my primary goal being in sales leadership was always to mentor and to help people grow. That's one of the things I'm very passionate about is professional development, personal development, and kind of the psychology behind human motivation. Yeah. So those have always been things that have been very big passion points for me. And when this whole situation happened, that was the one thing that I looked at more than anything else. Is like, what do I actually love about sales leadership? And that was the mentoring thing. And then I look back at my career and my career has been pretty long and it's been in sales for the most part for the entire 27 years I've been doing what I'm doing. And I realized that the only times that I was truly happy in what I was doing was when I was teaching. And I realized that I had a career in in sales training before and I was happy. I didn't make very much money, and that's ultimately the reason why I pivoted to a higher-paying director-type role, and it worked out pretty well for a while. Obviously, things change; your priorities change. Your wife all of a sudden decides she's going to be a software engineer and does it all on her own, and she makes plenty of money. And you're like, "Well, crap! I don't, I don't have to make that much money now." And you know, ultimately, it, it just boils down to I decided that teaching was what I wanted to do, so I really kind of went full force into finding a job in sales enablement or, or training. And that's where I'm at now. And it's, it's pretty amazing.
1: So first of all, I think you did a really wonderful job working through all the pieces and parts and challenges of that type of transition. So kudos to you on one hand. And then the other thing I'm really curious about is as you went into this transition and started moving through it, what was the biggest struggle for you or what was hardest for you?
0: Honestly, the hardest thing was probably getting out of my own way. I mean, In the back of your mind, when you spent the majority of your career trying to make sure that you're in these larger leadership roles, it's hard to fathom stepping outside of an executive leadership role and into still a leadership role, but not quite at the same executive level. And I think that 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 was just a hard pill for me to swallow because I have so much experience and I've been doing this for a long time, but ultimately it doesn't really matter titles don't matter. Your your happiness with what you're doing is what really matters. And interestingly enough, I now make almost three times what I made before as a director of sales with a smaller title. So I can't complain about financial compensation at all. And the title doesn't matter because I'm doing something that I really like doing. You
1: know, I think that's fascinating because that happens so many times where we have in our heads a specific way that we're thinking about this. Like in your case, you just said, hey, I, I had a hard time being able to really orient around, is it the title or is it happiness? Essentially, that's what I took from what you said. Yeah. And when you start to remove it and say, you know what, I'm not going to focus on that. I, I don't even have to think about it that way. Yeah. Then it opens up new doors and possibilities where you essentially got what you really actually wanted in a, and a whole lot more too, if we're talking about the monetary side yeah. in, in a completely different way.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. No, I, think that, I think that that's the biggest thing. When you, are, when you are thinking or dreaming of making such a big change in, in, your, in your career, I think that you have to pick things apart and figure out what is the most important thing to you, right? Like, is a title the most important thing to you? And if it is, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. At one point in my life, title was the most important thing to me. If compensation is the most important thing to you, again, that's great. Then you need to go after that. If finding happiness in what you're doing is the most important thing to you, then do that. If you can get all of that wrapped into one pretty little package, hell yeah, go for it. That's that's fantastic. But I think that you have to be able to pick out what is most important to you and then put everything you have into going in that direction.
1: That is, here's what I've learned about that exact thing, both for myself and many of the people that we've helped over the last many, many years, I guess, at this point is that that is easy to hear and it sounds logical and simple when we're talking about it on the podcast Mm -hmm. however in reality it's so much more difficult to prioritize for ourselves what is actually most important And it doesn't, just because we're prioritizing doesn't mean we're giving up hope on other things that are also like secondary important or third important, but it is incredibly difficult to prioritize that this is most important to me. And to declare that, like that takes courage to do that. So I'm curious, what helped you be able to do that
0: for yourself? I mean, I think that my wife had a really big part of that, having the, the ability to step away and not have a job for a few months while I was looking for the right one and having the support of your partner, I think is extraordinarily important. And I think that I think that you're you're absolutely right. It sounds really easy. It sounds great in concept and theory, but putting that into practice is it's a whole different story. And I think that for a lot of people that are out there, they they get stuck in this analysis paralysis almost where they're like, this is what I really want to do but I don't know if I'm capable of doing it. Maybe I don't have enough experience doing it. I mean, when I was, gosh, when I was in high school, my original plan in life was I wanted to become a marine biologist. Was that it was really? Like my, yeah. That was nice. my biggest dream in life was to be a yes. marine biologist. And then I realized that, well, at that point I lived in Arizona, so that was just not going to happen. There was no <laughs> ocean close enough to me to be a marine biologist. And it's like, you have to evolve what you want to do and figure out why it is that you want to do this specific thing. I mean, 15 years ago, I never would have said that I wanted My ultimate goal in life is to be a sales trainer. That's not something that you think about, but you think about what it is that brings you happiness and joy in what you're doing. And for me, it's like, it's helping other people. So helping other people succeed at what their goals are has always been a really big part of my life. Whether it's with my kids, whether it's with my wife, whether it's with my friends, I just like to help people get to where they want to go. And you just kind of figure out, okay, well, step one is like, let's starting my career in sales. It was an easy, it was an easy win to get into sales. Salespeople are a dime a dozen and you're either good at it or you're terrible at it and you'll, you'll fail fast or you'll succeed. And I was able to succeed and I did really well. And I realized that mentoring younger salespeople that aren't quite as seasoned as I am was really fulfilling for me. So I just latched onto that for a while. And you just keep building along your career and picking up little bits and pieces of what you really find joy out of. And then you get to a tipping point in your career where you're like, well, here are the things that I really love doing about what I currently do. Here are the things that are kind of terrible about what I'm doing right now. And then you have to weigh weigh the good and the bad. Like, does the good of me being able to help junior account executives or whatever succeed, does that outweigh the massive amounts of stress that i'm under because i'm managing way too many balls at the same time right and then you just have to make the decision to pivot because there are other things you can do that removes the bad and keeps the good and maybe there will be more bad maybe but it could be different and why not give it a shot right if you have the ability to try then you should i mean if you're if you're stuck in a situation where you know and so many people are right now you know they're they're stuck in situations where they're they're struggling financially and they, they can't fathom making a huge jump. And if you are in a fit situation where you are living paycheck to paycheck and you're trying to feed children and whatnot, like maybe that's not the right time because you literally can't afford it. But you have to do everything you can to prepare yourself for the moment when you can. And I think that's the important thing is that you have to prepare yourself. You have to follow your gut and what you want to do because ultimately what's best for you Is also what's best for your family because my family is a lot happier now that I'm a lot happier. And that's just kind of the way that a family dynamic works, right? Like you live your life and you work your tail off for your family. And if you're unhappy in what you're doing while you're working your tail off, you're not happy, thus making your family not so happy. And it just, it it all all comes crashing down.
1: Oh, I love that for so many reasons. And I definitely very much resonate with it is for me, it, it is my family that drives a lot of what I do. I really not only want to show up in a different way for my family, for sure, which is part of what I hear you speaking to. And at the other side of it too, part of the reason why I do what I do is I want to role model for my kids Absolutely. that like, you don't have to just be stuck in a situation that really isn't wonderful for you or for their families in the future if they choose to go out and have families. Like it, <laughs> I don't want it to ever be a thing for them where they feel right. like they need to stay stuck. So kudos to you, because I, I know that's so much harder to actually do than it, is to <laughs> than it is to think about. And also marine biologists, are there any inklings of pieces that are still true to this day? I'm curious.
0: I mean, I think that a lot of it comes out in like what I do for volunteering. Yeah, I, I don't think that I can really equate much of what I do in a professional sense to marine biology. I mean, I did get to work with the Benioff Ocean Institute in my previous role, which was like no way. One of the most phenomenal things yeah. I've ever done. But I think that what I've done since then to kind of, I don't know, I guess plug that gap or fill that need, whatever you want to call it, is a lot of the volunteering that I do is surrounding animals and marine life and things like that, living in a in a suburb of Portland, the ocean is an hour and a half away. So I can yes. go volunteer with organizations to clean up the beach or to help monitor different things. And I think that I've been able to fulfill that need. Would I drop everything on the planet to go learn how to be a marine biologist now? Maybe not, but I would definitely do it as like a side gig. That's, yeah. that's part of my retirement plan. When I retire one day, I'm going to become a marine biologist. <laughs> That's, that's, (laughs) I don't know if that's a thing, Scott, but I'm going to give it a shot.
1: (laughs) I think that if that's something you want, you absolutely should give it a shot. Well, I I love what you were saying though, because like you're still, you still have found through volunteer work, a way to be connected to what you really wanted, even way back then as a kid. (laughs) And I think that that is, that is pretty amazing. So yeah.
0: I think that too many people, they have their their dreams when they're a kid. I want to yeah. be an astronaut. I want to be this. I want to be that. But when they become adults, they don't take what their dreams were seriously anymore. They're like, oh, it was a pipe dream. I never could have achieved that. But maybe you didn't achieve exactly what that was. But you can still achieve a lot of different aspects of what that dream was. You just have to reframe the way that you think about things.
1: Yeah. Or even dig in like you've done and identify what was it that i actually wanted out of that
0: yeah <laughs> as well exactly
1: very cool so here's another question that comes up for me i know that you did a really wonderful job with this transition but i don't know all the pieces of it and i'm curious you know what what when you think back what made this type of transition really work for you? Get into the nitty gritty for me just a little bit. Like what was something that ended up going really well in the end, but was maybe more difficult at the beginning?
0: I feel like the transition for me was probably easier than it it is for a lot of other people, only because I basically transitioned into doing something that I've already done before and that I have a lot of experience in. So, I mean, I think the hardest The hardest part of the transition overall was just finding the right place to go. Finding the right opportunity for me was probably the hardest part because there's obviously thousands of positions out there and hundreds of different organizations that do what I do now. And it was really sifting through it all to find out what, what made sense. But I think that digging a little bit deeper and understanding what other organizations bring to the table and what other organizations what their values are, there's a lot of other options out there, not just insert dream company here. There's a lot of other companies out there that can do what you want them to do. And I found that with Sage Intech. I think that it's it's an organization that I had worked with in the past as a partner. Oh, interesting. I never thought in a million years that maybe I want to apply to work there. It's a financial SaaS company. Like I don't know anything about financial services. That's not, that's not my, my gig. So I never would have thought about it. And then when you just kind of explore the different options that are out there and you kind of decide between these different organizations. And if you're in a position where you have the experience to be able to pick and choose what organization you really want to work with, I think that that makes it a lot easier as well what
1: caused you to begin, not even where you're like, oh my goodness, obviously this is the organization for me. I have to work Mm -hmm. here. But even long before you got to that point where you started to have inklings of, wow, this this actually could be something that I might be interested in Mm -hmm. as an organization. What were the pieces along the way that caused you to start becoming interested or start realizing that this could be right for you?
0: I think it it started. You know, there's a lot of people that are like, you know, they talk about company culture and a lot of it is to be perfectly blunt, pretty BS. You throw a pool table in the office and give them people some snacks and they think that's culture. And that's not, it's not the same as organizations that have a real company culture where they actually care and nurture their employees and things like that. And I think that once you're researching organizations that you want to work at, you know, that's when you hit up the glass doors and you hit up the reviews on the organizations and you do your research. You make a list of all the different companies or all the different positions that are out there. And these are positions that I want. And then you see, this is the company that it's at. And I mean, I think I made a spreadsheet of everything. It was like, here's the company name. Here's the position that I wanted to apply for. Here's their rating on Glassdoor. Here's what some of the more impressive reviews that they have. This is what their hiring process looks like, et cetera, et cetera. And you just become very prescriptive about what you're looking for. The more you know about an organization, the more you know whether or not you and your own personal feelings and your own personal the things that are important to you are also important to that organization. And throughout my research, I narrowed it down to about I was like four or five different organizations that I really went for. I threw out the applications, and then I got offers from a lot of them. And then I had to make the decision as to which one I wanted, and that's that's a good feeling. It's good to have that feeling.
1: What caused you to choose? this one? What caused you? I mean, obviously I know that it was, it ended up being a pay increase for you. However, Mm -hmm. it was also more than just that.
0: Yeah, it was, it was actually a really hard decision because there, it ended up coming down to two different organizations that I wanted to choose from. And it was based on employee reviews. It was based on what I read about their company culture. And then a lot of it was based around the position itself. Mm -hmm. So I basically had the option of choosing between one organization that they had a team of people that would write the sales training curriculum and they would do all that grunt work for a specific amount of money. And basically all I would be in charge of was having to teach it. And then you have the other organization that it all falls on your shoulders and you, 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 you develop the curriculum, you teach the curriculum, you do the gap analysis to figure out what else needs to be done. And ultimately what made me choose Sage intact over the other is that I had the freedom to be able to develop my own curriculum. I didn't have to rely on some other person that doesn't have what's in my head, in their head, and it to me, it's more rewarding to build something from the ground up. I mean, I love the idea that they have people that will, you know, curriculum development team, that, that's great, but I want to develop my own because I think that my way of teaching things fits better with my teaching style. They were both amazing organizations. And when I turned down the offer at the other organization, I I truly felt bad because I would have fit in great there as well. Their team was phenomenal. The people that I met with, I mean, I went through five different interviews and every single person was wonderful. And it was the same thing with Sage Intact. So it it came down to being a very difficult decision. But ultimately, it was because I wanted more control over what I was doing is why I chose, chose Sage Intact.
1: When I think... Part of your ability to do that, because just because you have multiple offers in front of you, like we've worked with lots of people over the years where they have two or three or four, sometimes more offers. However, that being the case doesn't mean it automatically makes it easy (laughs) for any stretch of the word, just because you have multiple offers. One of the nice things it does do sometimes is help people be able to measure what's important to them. Yeah. But I find that unless you've done unless you've done enough work to know what truly is important to you or what you might need, then even that isn't necessarily fully effective. So, here's here's the question that I have for you when you're in that situation and you realize that hey, this lines up more with Mm -hmm. with what you actually wanted. Like I heard you say, I I really wanted to be able to develop my own curriculum. And it's great that there would be all these people doing that in another another organization, but it wasn't right for me necessarily. Mm -hmm. How, How are you thinking about that at the time as you were going through it? Because sometimes it can be a little bit emotionally taxing, when you're trying to make this, what feels like a massive decision and is a massive decision about how it's going to impact probably the next few years of your life at a minimum.
0: Yeah. I mean, it was not, it was definitely not a decision that I took lightly. I think that it was, it was, it was definitely, it was a tough one. I, I just kind of evaluated what, what I'm going to take greater joy out of in the future. I mean, I absolutely could have gone and worked for this other company and probably have been able to develop my own curriculum at some point anyway, but it, it also meant that there was an additional level of red tape that I had to jump through in order to deliver a, a training session to the people that I need to train. And then with this organization, with Sage Intact, you know, I, I mean, my the way that I kind of meshed with my director, it was a better initial impression and, and a better initial relationship than I think I've ever had with any other company. And from the very beginning, she told me that, Because of my skill sets, because of what my experience is, I get carte blanche to do whatever it is that I need to do in order to make their sales team successful. And that that meant a lot because I do have a lot of experience and I do know what I'm doing. And I think for somebody to recognize that and to be able to say, you do what you need to do to make us successful, I think that was huge because it really makes you feel like you are valuable. And that's an important thing to feel as an employee. I mean, in all in all the years that I spent as the director at, the, at my previous organization, I never felt like I was valued, even though that I was doubling and tripling their revenue numbers on a yearly basis. I didn't feel like I was valued. They, I went to all the executive retreats and all that kind of stuff, but there was no real value there. It was very it was very fake. But where I'm at now, I truly feel like I, I'm a valued person on the team and somebody that they all lean on, and not in a bad way. Not like we need them to do all the work for us, but Give us advice. Tell us how to do these certain things. Pull him in on different conversations about other teams that he has experience working with. And I think that, that is, that's important. When you're interviewing for, with, with organizations, really pay attention to the people that you're interviewing with, because those are potentially the people that you're going to be working with for an extended period of time. And if you get the little hairs on the back of your neck start standing up because you're you get a bad vibe or something, make a note of that. Because you don't want to work with somebody like that, because ultimately it's not going to work out very well.
1: It's probably not you know, going to get I wish better. I would have known
0: this ten years ago, because I would have saved myself a lot of problems with a lot of different <laughs> positions. Because I had a gut feeling in the beginning that it was like something feels a little off. But I'm like, but they're going to pay me a lot of money, so I'm just not going to worry about it.
1: <laughs> It'll all smooth out with money, right?
0: Yeah. No. Well, and that's that's the thing. Like a lot of people use that as the the great equalizer. Yes. So if they have multiple offers. Yes. You know, they go directly to whoever's going to pay them the most. That's not the best. What if
1: that's not your highest priority, though? And, exactly.
0: and that's kind of where I was like the other organization that I that I was had it boiled down to. They were going to pay me more, but that wasn't the most important thing to me. Hmm. And I think that while that it's OK for that to be the most important thing for, for some people, I think that they need to also think about the overall happiness of what their experience is going to be.
1: Dan i think that is wonderful advice thinking about what is the overall happiness and i'm curious for someone who is in the same place that you were where not that long ago i mean just just months ago Mm -hmm. you were thrust into a transition that you hadn't really planned making in making that particular way and you knew that at the same time, you didn't want to just accept anything moving forward for if you take yourself back to that place and think about that person who's there, because we have many people that are listening right now in that place, what advice would you give to that person?
0: I mean first and foremost, stay calm don't don't freak
1: out <laughs> don't freak out
0: you know, if you are if you are thrust into this into this situation like I was. Do your damnedest is not to have a meltdown because, you know, that is already going to set you back a couple of steps. Look at things objectively. Think about what it is that you want in life, what you want to be able to accomplish. Think about it in terms of if I have to wake up tomorrow morning and do this specific thing and then turn around and do this specific thing every day for the next 10 years, is this something that I really want to keep doing? And if you can answer that yes, then that's the direction you should go in. But if you can answer that with a, I don't really know, then think about the other things that you might want to do. I mean, because this is not, it's not a small decision to make to pivot and change your career trajectory and pivot in a different direction. It's a big decision. So think about it objectively. Try to keep emotion out of it as much as possible and figure out what you want out of life and out of your career, and then do everything in your power to go forward in that direction.
1: Most of the episodes you've heard on Happen to Your Career showcase stories of people that have taken the steps to identify and land careers that they are absolutely enamored with, that match their strengths, and are really what they want in their lives. If that's something that you're ready to begin taking steps towards, that's awesome. And we want to figure out how we can help. So here's what I would suggest. Take the next five seconds to open up your email app and email me directly. I'm going to give you my personal email address, scott at happentoyourcareer.com. Just email me and put conversation in the subject line. And when you do that, I'll introduce you to someone on our team who can have a super informal conversation with and we'll figure out the very best type of help for you, whatever that looks like, and the very best way that we can support you to make it happen. So send me an email right now with conversation in the subject line. Here's a sneak peek into what we have coming up in store for you next week. I was extremely scared. I was extremely vulnerable. I'd never been excited about doing anything else. But for some reason, there was that little feeling inside of my stomach that says the time is now. Time's now to transition. When you work in a field you're passionate about, it's really easy to get your identity wrapped up in what you do for a living. This type of work can be very fulfilling. However, when it comes time to make a change, it can be extremely hard to untangle yourself from your career and make the necessary changes to find true career fulfillment. All that and plenty more next week right here on Happen to Your Career. Make sure that you don't miss it. And if you haven't already, click subscribe on your podcast player so that you can download this podcast in your sleep. And you get it automatically. Even the bonus episodes every single week, sometimes multiple times a week. Until next week, adios. I'm out.